Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Travel and Transformation Show with me, your host, Sophia, and my guest today, Erin Tillman, who's also known as the Dating Advice Girl. So Erin Tillman, CSE, is a certified intimacy coordinator, certified sex educator, inclusive dating and consent empowerment coach, consultant, author, speaker, and TV radio podcast host based in LA. She is the current director of sexuality education at 910 WeHo. She is currently serving on the LA local SAG-AFRA sexual harassment committee and is a board member of Junior Hollywood Radio and Television Society. In 2021, Erin's book, The Consent Guidebook, was selected by ASAC, the American Association of Sexuality in Educators, Consultants, and, sorry, Counselors and Therapists to receive their 2021 General Audience Book Award. In 2018, Erin was awarded the Gender Equity Championship Award presented by the California National Organization for Women. For over 10 years, she has been dedicated to empowering singles in all lifestyles and identity categories to have enjoyable dating lives, relationships, and partnerships through personal development and boundary setting techniques. So Erin, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I know those were your own words, but if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the field that you're now currently in, that would be great. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. It's a long time coming. We've been trying to match schedules for a while. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a sordid tale, but the short version is, is that, you know, about 15 years ago, I, in a very binary way at the time, uh, I was just seeing a lot of things that were talking about dating in terms of men and women and like, men can do this, but mm, if women do the same thing, then it's a problem. And I was like, well, why should that be? That's ridiculous. Like, why are we doing, why are we talking about dating and relationships in this like 1950s kind of a way of like shame, shame ladies. And then like, yeah, go guys. And so, um, yeah, I started basically, uh, I was on the early side of blogging. So I started a, like a very basic blog on godaddy.com, created a site and was just talking about how, I was experiencing really interesting things in Los Angeles as a single person um, in my 20s and 30s. And it it basically struck a chord with with audiences and people. Again, this is you got to go back in time to the beginning of blogging. So there wasn't a ton of blogs. There weren't a ton of podcasts out there. And so I had a voice that was very unique at the t- at the time, especially talking about the like, why are we why aren't we thinking more broadly about what dating can be and what relationships can be? And so at some point I was like, well, I think I've said all I have to say about it. It was still a hobby at that time. And then um, maybe a little bit before the Me Too movement happened in 2018, I did start to think about uh, doing things professionally around dating relationships and sexuality. I started getting invited to colleges to speak around my experiences around it. And it was, it was actually very surprising to me, but colleges in particular, they wanted to hear from like a, like a single quote unquote single girl in the field at the bars rather than a clinician or rather than a therapist. They wanted mm-hmm. to hear like 
it was like more of like talking about what it's really like to be in the scene because a lot of clinicians especially at the time were married and, and and very much removed from what it meant to be single so I had a very specific voice that I guess caught on in some way and then the Me Too movement happened and I was like gosh I have so much more to say now because now consent has entered into the the societal conversations in a very big way and I had so much even though the Me Too movement was about more workplace dynamics about around boundaries and consent and body autonomy it for sure correlated into dating and relationships and so mm-hmm. prompted me to write my book the consent guidebook um and then piggybacking off that I entered into my field of as um intimacy coordinator which came out of the me too movement as well um and it was a really interesting mesh because I've also been in the tv film business for about 20 years so it was a really interesting mesh between all of my work in dating and relationships and my work in TV and film, but specifically to keep actors and performers safe and respected around their boundaries in scenes that have the worst sexual in nature. So that job is basically now when, when we are done with the strikes, cause we're still hoping to get a deal with screen actors guild. They're still striking, but the WGA, the writers guild did, did get a deal. But once the strikes are over, Um, I will resume work on TV sets and film sets, basically just making sure boundaries are respected between actors when there's an intimate scene on camera. So I love that work so much. So I never expected from how I began as just, you know, as an early blogger, you know, 15 years ago to be fully immersed in my full career now revolves around sexuality and dating and consent. I'm very grateful. And it's been a, it's been a, winding road but I'm very grateful for for all of it well that sounds really cool sounds like you're really starting well not starting to but have been creating life your way and intentionally creating a path for yourself which is something that I talk about with my audience and with my clients is you can do what you love it's just sometimes the journey is not linear and you end up in a lot of different places before you get to where you really want to be or somewhere that you never knew that you wanted to go. <laughs> so I think that's really cool. So one of the things that you talked about was consent, right? And we still kind of live in a world where boys will be boys and girls will be seen and not heard. So how do you actually bring that consent conversation into the dating realm? Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent question. I mean, it, it's tricky because I do feel like there is still um, definitely ele- well, huge elements of the patriarchy involved in when we talk about dating, sexuality, um, anything where it involves connection. Um, and so with that, we mentioned the phrase boys will be boys. I do feel like that, let's say, heteronormative culture especially um, and um like let's say mainstream dating culture is still grappling with those ideas of, you know, again, all genders can date the way they want and all genders are can do relationships in the way that they want consensually with each other. But yeah, it is, it's very tricky. I mean, this is a time where, you know, I, I lead a lot of workshops. I've led organizations where the the very honest conversations that come up specifically, let's say with cisgendered men, are that they don't know their place within the conversation around boundaries and consent. Like they're having a hard time 
and, and some genuinely are just are really trying to be really respectful in these new rules, quote unquote, of dating and boundaries. And then some are like, well, now there's all these rules. But so all this to say, it is tricky because I always go back to education. Like if we can't assume that everyone grew up knowing a certain standard of boundaries or were taught by their parents or, you know, had, you know, healthy households where they were learning boundaries and consent. We can't, we can no longer assume that. And that, again, that's what came out of the Me Too movement. It was like, oh, clearly there's not a meeting of the minds in terms of where everyone begins their, their understanding of boundaries. Like there's, it's all over the place. So with that, it is tricky. Dating is tricky. So, you know, for single people, who are currently single and listening to this podcast, like, I think it's really important to get really clear on self boundaries first. That's the first step with dating, um, with sexuality, with relationship styles, um, especially for those who might be exploring things that are um, less traditional in terms of dating styles, like non-monogamy or um, just things that are, are less mainstream. It's really important that you get clear on what your boundaries are. And that might be a discovery. Like that might be something that's um, like um, you might be a work in progress. We're all at different places in our boundaries journey, but the more we can get clear on what kind of boundaries we have for ourselves, then it's easier for us when we do go on dates or when we are meeting people or swiping on apps to match with people, we have kind of a baseline understanding of self so that we know, oh, this person wouldn't work for me because they're saying mm -hmm. that their boundaries are this or that um, they want to be, let's say, polyamorous and I know that I don't want to be. So I'm glad that I've thought about this for myself going in. So then I'm weeding people out and not quote unquote, wasting my time with people who aren't in alignment. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, the, the consent and boundaries conversation with dating is huge. And I have a lot more to say about it, but you're probably going to ask me questions about it. So I won't say anymore. <laughs> okay. So I, I, well, because I am, I am um, focusing on women because that is who my audience is. Mm -hmm. So there are women who will shy away from dating now because of bad experiences or just meeting disingenuous people. But isn't it true that seeing what you don't want can also bring you closer to knowing what you do want? Like, So what is your take on that? Because we're talking about boundaries and being a work in progress. So Sometimes you might not know what all your boundaries are, but sometimes you might not even really always know what you want. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that very much. And yeah, it's absolutely true. So, so, you know, it's really important that we not get so, um, so pessimistic or jaded or down if we have bad dates, a bad date or a string of bad dates. Dating is tricky in this day and age. It really is. I mean, especially, you know, um, here in Los Angeles, where I live, I mean, it's a, it's a pool, an endless pool of people dating in all different kinds of ways. And so it could be a matter of just not being in alignment because you want different things. It could be just a mismatch of personality. It could be you just feel fully disrespected. It could be, you know, just your lifestyles. Are different. So there's so many things that could make us like sad about the dating process. That is a very real feeling. And I feel like I'm the type of uh, sex educator and dating coach that wants to like be real with my clients and workshop attendees about that. Like sometimes it sucks and it's okay to be 
sad or feel, you know, sad feelings about it for a while. I would say that, you know, if it's just general ongoing bad feelings about dating, um, I'm also realistic enough to say like, maybe it's good. Maybe it's time to take a pause on dating. It's totally okay to take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, I did an article with, uh, Bumble, uh, not so long ago. And it was talking about dating fatigue or swiping dating app, swiping fatigue. And in that, well, I said something along the lines of, yeah, just sometimes it might be good to take a break. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, in this society of, I'm going to use a lot of buzzwords in this, but in this capitalistic society, there's this feeling of like, just go, go, just go for it. Just, you know, push power through and just, you know, you can do it. It's like, yeah, sometimes you might not want to do it. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> you know, but I do, to your point though. Yeah. I do feel like every bad date you go on or every, I wouldn't even say bad. Maybe you have it. You've been on a date that was okay. You just didn't feel like sparks with the person. Right. You're getting, gaining information for yourself. You're still learning about what you like and don't like. Maybe the person you went out with was like really interesting. And there's like, gosh, I should like this person, but I'm just not feeling chemistry. Well, so that's when like for me, cause I get really nerdy about this stuff. Like that's when I would do like a deeper dive of, okay, why is it what what was the feeling that was mismatched it could have just it could have been something undefinable but it also could have been like oh it's just like i don't know it's just something about them didn't attract me or i i just didn't vibe with what they were saying about family or i just didn't vibe with how they what they say their routine is and how they live their life it's just something that felt mismatched so yes so every person you go out with if they're not a match um my invitation is to do a deeper dive on that and for self, just like by yourself and see what are some things or take some notes around what are some things that could have made that person better or like what are some qualities from that person you would take and put in like the perfect person or perfect people mm. that you really feel good with. Mm. Um, but yeah, try not to, in summary, try not to feel too discouraged. Dating is very hard. Okay. Uh, even for people I know who go on a, a lot of dates, like, like, the number of dates they go on is pretty high. They all aren't winner dates. They're not having the best time on all the dates they're going on. So it's a very common experience to have just to feel like, Oh God, I went on that date and I kind of just feel like meh, or that was a really bad date. That's a common, I want to normalize that experience Mm -hmm. because you really partially is a numbers game and you are weeding out people. And again, gathering information for yourself, for, for the people who lie ahead for you. Okay, so that kind of leads me into the next question because a lot of my audience is single and over 40. So what advice would you give to a woman who's over 40 and whose identity and worth are wrapped up in her relationship status? Oh boy, identity wrapped up in relationship status. Right, so it's like almost like, at this age or by this yep. time, I yep. should have been in a relationship. I should have been married. I should have had kids. I should have, should have, should have, should have. Yeah. If you say yeah. it fast enough, it's like you're shitting on yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, well, the shoulds are a killer. They are. They're, you could spend a lifetime talking about shoulds and what ifs. I, you know, this is where I am a little bit more. I like to I joke around and say I'm like half hippie and half analytical, uh, logical. So the hippie side of me would say, don't use your energy in this limited time um, on the planet to, to 
think about the what ifs or what isn't and make and try to reframe it and focus on what is um it's easier said than done i've struggled with this myself i'm in my 40s um, and I've lived a very, as, as people could probably gather from my bio and, and my path professionally, I've lived a very non-traditional life. And so because of that, I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've for sure, I've, uh, there's also a piece of this conversation too, that is a really big deal for women in particular around um, prioritizing profession and <laughs> career ambition. And then at some point later, it's like, okay, maybe I'm more maybe we're more comfortable in our careers. We're a little more stable. And it's like, okay, now I want to focus a little bit more on family and partnerships and that. And then we're uh, in a blink of an eye, we're in our forties, like you said. So <laughs> there's two to that, right? I mean, there's two big pieces. Um, I, I feel like whoever writes the book on that and maybe someone already has, I'm sure there are people who've written books on these dynamics. I would, I can't wait to read that book because it is very complex. I will say, um, I think it's just, yeah, the biggest advice I can give with that is, you know, the comparison game is hard and comparison meaning comparing ourselves to friends who have started families earlier than us or have partners, you know, got married, like, you know, way before we have, I mean, you're just never going to win with that game because everyone's path is so unique and different. Right. And so I, 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 it's, it's human nature. And especially, again, I bring it back to our specific society of capitalism. It's very, very, it's, it's like woven into who we are to compare and the measure of success, the measure of who we are as women, as people, as successful people, as people who look at us and like admire us is, is it's a measurement comparison game. Having said that, it's really important to do whatever you have to do, whether it's meditate, whether it's getting a, a dating coach, whether it's finding community of like-minded people who are in similar places as you are mm -hmm. to really to not fall in the trap of the comparison game and feeling bad about where we are. It's so important because it's very easy to fall into that. But as long as you if you can bring around community um, and again, surround yourself with friends and other people in similar spaces so you can lift each other up in that and support each other and root each other on. It's, you're fabulous. Like, or, you know, that kind of thing. It's really, really, that can be the antidote to feeling uh, the sense of um, overwhelm and hopelessness, I think, that can come sometimes. And again, I'm speaking from experience as somebody who uh has 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 created a life that is very different than the norm mm -hmm. um so even for people who do live a, a a life that is more mainstream or traditional regardless it's it can be hard if we're if we're looking at what society says is the way you're supposed to do it or by a right. certain age um i'll also say this I'll, i'm gonna wrap up by saying this um kind of piggybacking on that you know there's not one way to do any of this I would say that most of the people I know who've waited longer to be married actually have found people who are more in alignment for them or found a partner like a like a, um, a a partner later in life because they've been through a lot. They know who they are. They've done the work on boundaries for themselves and what they're really interested in. Um, it's 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 their choices of people are more in alignment than when they were like 20 years old still figuring out who they are and still just trying to go through life 
as a young person trying to understand who who I am and who this person is. And it's about fun. Let's go for fun. It's like, as you're more seasoned, you do get to know yourself better in terms of what's going to work for you, who's going to, who you're excited about and all those kind of things. So in conclusion, for real, <laughs> I do <feel laughs> these, these ages that we're in now and our forties and up are actually, if you, if you flip it to the positive, our sweet spot for really finding people who are truly in alignment with who we are. Cause we've been through a lot and we've seen a lot and we've been out with a lot of people. We've met a lot of people. So it's actually, I, I like to see it as an opportunity that we're in this space to like really find the true people we're in alignment with. So that kind of is a great segue into the next question. So if you're wanting to be in a long-term committed relationship and notice I didn't say married, I did say long-term mm-hmm. committed relationship because mm-hmm. everybody doesn't want to get married, but you know, a lot of people do want to be in a committed long-term relationship. What advice or like what steps can you take to help people be more, um, the word I'm looking for, more intentional about the way they date if that's what they want? Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Um, Intentionality is really important. As you mentioned before, um, speaking as someone who's lived in Los Angeles for 20 years, and, you know, there's a lot of other cities, especially bigger cities. I don't want to discount smaller cities because I grew up in a small city, but I'm going to start with a big city like Los Angeles. As I mentioned before, there's just there's a little bit of everything and a little bit of everybody. So the more intentional you can be, the more helpful it's going to be to find people who are in alignment with who you are. You can weed out the people who just aren't a good match because, again, they're living in a way like if we're if the conversations is about finding somebody who is. Um, you're looking for a long-term primary partner, a long-term stable partner. There are people who are not looking for that. So really getting intentional to um, whether it's, again, online dating or dating apps or meeting people at events. When the conversation comes up around what are you looking for, that's when it's really important to, again, no self in that. But then you can ask people what they're looking for. So then you're weeding out people who are like, oh, I'm into polyamory. You're like, well, this person's not for me. God bless <laughs> on your journey right, great but so so yeah so it's really important to to really again I'm just the intentional piece get clear on who you are what you're looking for and be intentional about that I would also say that you know sometimes friends can be really helpful in this too mm-hmm. friends and colleagues if if you know if you're just kind of in casual conversation with friends colleagues um people you you know volunteer with I say volunteer specifically because I feel like nonprofit work can be really great to meet people of good character. Um, If you're kind of just like, you know, casually mentioning, oh, yeah, I'm single, but, you know, like when when it's appropriate, like you're having coffee with someone that you're like, it's a close, close colleague or like you're with your friends. They they already know your status, probably. But just mentioning, you know, putting it out there. We're talking about like putting things out there to the universe earlier. You know, I think it's really important to speak um speak it out speak to what you're looking for or where you are um being verbal about what you're seeking i feel like is very important that goes that connects to the intentionality piece um and so all this to say telling people yeah yeah you know i like in a i would really i would really my dream is to have you know a long time a long term partner where we're in alignment etc cetera, etc cetera. but also you know I, I am, and this is the hippie side of me. I am really a big fan of uh, meditation and intentional journaling 
Um, if anyone out there listening is is full hippie or half hippie like myself, <laughs> um, you know, doing different meditations or prayers during certain moon cycles around what you would like to call into your life can be really helpful too. So there is the practical and the the woo-woo hippie side coming together. So both those things can be very helpful. Um, but again, I just, I feel like one of the biggest things I've noticed in my uh, 15 year journey as a dating coach and in like the realm of dating as a professional is not being people not being intentional and people making assumptions around, well, like everyone wants this one thing. Everybody wants to have this thing. And that's why I keep, and I'm going to keep saying it, it where it feels in alignment in this podcast is just the intentionality of really being clear about what you're looking for. Cause again, I don't know. I, I think, I think because again, there are mainstream ideas of what relationships look like. As I mentioned before, I've been in TV film, the TV film industry for 20 years. And I feel like TV film has had a huge influence on, you know, what, what we think, what we think a relationship should look like and here's right. the Disney version of whatever and it's like okay so that if that that could that could actually happen like i know people who are in some pretty magical relationships um but i would say a lot of the relationships people i i know who are doing really well in relationships that they've found especially again the ones who found them later in life they were very very intentional and specific about i would like the person to be i'm gonna i'm gonna I have another thought I'm going to put over here to piggyback on this thought I have now, because I always have like, <laughs> as you probably remember. Um, but, you know, having intentional general ideas about what, what, what someone wants is really important. So um, I'd like someone to have, you know, a stable family. I'd like them to have kids or maybe not have kids. I'd like them to live close to me. So there's not a long distance relationship. I'd like, um, to be able to see them a couple times a week, you know, if our schedules align, but also leave some wiggle room within that. Cause I do feel like sometimes we can get so specific. I think there's a different between difference between, um, Oh, what do I want to say here? I, I think that we can get so specific to the details of like, they've got to be exactly six foot six or, they've got to look exactly like this. I feel like those things, maybe let's keep the door open a little bit more around those things. Cause if the, if the core values match, if the core, if we're clear on the core values and the logistics and, and the, and the things in terms of like, again, them being in a place where you can actually see that like, well, like a physical space, like a right, city right. Or stuff is really important. But the other things I think there should be some wiggle room, you know, so we leave, we leave room for the magic. We leave room right. for the magic. Yeah, definitely. And it's so funny because I'm trying to hold back a laugh because you're like, oh, I'm half hippie and there's a little bit of woo-woo. That's totally who I am. So it's like, it's not a thing for me, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you yeah. do the journal, you do the meditation, you take the action, but it's all like, it's all together. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I know for some people listening, they're like, oh, it sounds so woo, but that's, for me, that's just a part of life, right? You you put stuff out into the universe because our words is almost like every time we speak, we're we're speaking a spell, right? So yeah. if you're gonna speak a spell, speak a good one. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Put the positive stuff out there and the positive <laughs> intentions. <laughs> to that, yes. To that point, I want to say, I mean, that goes back to the, you know, trying to stay as positive as possible. If we're putting it out there that we're, you know, unlovable or no one's going to want to go on a date with us or there's nobody out there for us. I mean, that we're speaking something out there to the universe based on how we feel and the feelings are valid. Again, I don't want to invalidate feelings, but I think it's really important, though, to put it in perspective or again, that's when it might be helpful to get a coach or go to a workshop or find community so that you are uplifted because to go on this journey of being single in 2023 is challenging. Like there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things going on. And so you want to stay as positive and in a place of self-love as much as possible. And so, you know, keeping a positive mindset is just so important in this. And then it just, it, it all, it all ties together. You put things out there, but the things you put out there are based on how you feel about yourself. And so you, you got to do the self work and have community around us to be positive. So we can put positive things out there and really believe it. Right. Cause it doesn't matter if we're putting things out there and we're like, well, I don't really believe this anyway, but Hey universe, here you go. <laughs> like, right. Right. So I have a couple other ones that kind of go together. Right. So because dating, dating is not, yeah, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do because right. I'm, I'm in it. I get it. It's just, it's not easy all the time. So what are some general dating do's and don'ts and then some communication tips that you can give? Because I find that communication, a lot of people talk about, oh, I want a great communicator, but that doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. Because what I consider good communication is not necessarily what somebody else who says they want a good communicator is wanting or experiencing so yeah 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 i'll start with the dating do's and don'ts piece and my my memory's not great so you might need to remind me of the second part in a second but um so dating do's and don'ts um i've been asked this question so many times through my career and it's funny because i feel like it does fluctuate so okay so like you know over 10 years ago before we had a pandemic before so many before like George Floyd, before so many things happened, I would have said, um, try to steer away from on early dates, steer away from talking about pol politics and uh, certain topics that could be uh, that could like kill the vibe in terms of dating. Mm -hmm. We've had George Floyd. We've had the pandemic. We've had an insurrection. <laughs> we've had so many things. So now I would say. Um, I would put those things in the definitely do category. So I think it's really important that up front, if it matters to you, and I think it matters to a lot of us, in whatever way and whatever like political leanings and, and things people feel, I think it's really important to ask those things pretty early on. Like, how do you align with, you know, how things, how things are in the LGBTQ community? How do you feel about... Um, uh, you know, uh, like you, you could ask how you feel about like the election that's coming up and like the, the current candidates. I mean, some of that I think is important because people have such strong feelings about it and not that they didn't have strong feelings about it like 10 years ago, but I just think things can be so polarizing nowadays. It's right. really important to ask those things early. So I would put that on the do's list for sure. Like anything you feel that strongly about. So it could be politics. It could be 
uh, religion or spirituality. It could be family and those kind of things. Um, you know, it's interesting though, because, you know, don'ts, um, I would say, oh gosh, you know, it's really tricky because I'm, I'm sure there probably are some don'ts at this moment, especially if, if I'm thinking about the age group of listeners, if I'm thinking about women in their 40s and over, I do feel like, like one is a good example, The Golden Bachelor. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, these are women in their 60s and 70s dating this guy in his 70s and we haven't really seen that, like, especially on television. And it's really, I, right. I'm actually very enjoying the show. And at that age, what I'm witnessing is, you know, a, a, a variety of people who are very clear on what's going to work for them and not. Mm-hmm. So I do like the older we get, it's really important to, maybe there aren't any don'ts in terms of what you talk about or what you don't talk about on a date because you know time i'm i'm also lately i've been very very aware of time very aware of time and how precious precious it is how limited i mean like it just go in a second so i don't want to waste time so i'm really trying to be as intentional as possible with my conversations with my communications with people i might go on a date with so that nobody feels like their time is wasted and you know, for me, it's like, you know, if I'm, you know, you think about a date, a date usually lasts, if you're doing a coffee date, that could be quick, quick, quote, unquote, like an hour. You know, if you're going on a dinner date, or drinks, that could be a couple hours or more. So how do you want to spend and usually it's a weekend, potentially could be a weeknight, but how do you want to spend your Friday night? Like, do you want to spend one of the few Friday nights you have with someone that you haven't talked about these really important things about? before like either through messaging on an app or through a phone call or something so um so i don't know if there's any don'ts at the moment i'm I'm sure that there are for each individual it's very subjective everyone should make maybe everyone should make their own lists of don'ts um but i feel like anything that's really important to you should be the do's for sure up front like as soon as you can also i would say this here's one don't i got one already all right i finally just thought of one I would say one don't is if you're ma- if you're meeting somebody, this comes up a lot. If you're meeting somebody on an app, um, don't wait too long to meet them in person because that's where the term catfishing and just people can um, pretend that there's something that they aren't. So the quicker right. you can person face to face is the best. So I guess the one don't I have is don't wait too long to meet someone in person, even if it's for a quick coffee or something. For sure. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> so the other part of the question was on communication tips, but I'm going to just jump over that for a second because in talking about catfish and, and talking about apps brings up, <laughs> and I know I for you, I need to stop bringing up two things, but I always <laughs> have two things, right? So <laughs> yeah. what do you consider some of the best online dating apps and do you help people with their dating profiles? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a great question. I, I would say that the, the dating app question is subjective. Um, it depends on what you're looking for. So, okay. So for our for the audience that's listening, let's say, let's generally say you mentioned before, 40s and up, um, probably n- monogamous. So looking for one partner, um, and for one long-term partner, um, I say that because if somebody is listening and they're 
polyamorous or they're queer part of the LGBTQ community, there's certain apps that I would, I would suggest for them. Um, so well, let's say- start with the traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll head into the, a couple for the non, a couple for the traditional, a couple for the non. Okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, so I would, first of all, I want to say, generally speaking for the categories of apps I'm going to mention, by the way, I'm not endorsed by any of them currently, but I have been endorsed by certain, some of these apps in the past, I should say that up front. Um, but, um, so no one's paying me to say certain apps. I think that's important for me to say, I just want to be transparent about that. Okay. Um, but um, so I would say you can meet anybody of any caliber on any app. I've personally experienced that. I have clients who have as well. So people, for example, say, oh, Tinder, never, never. Like I know people who have met like permanent long-term partners on Tinder. So I think it's important to keep an open mind about the app or the website you're on, but that again, is where the intentionality is really, really important of having a really clear um, description, profile description of yourself on app um, or on your profile so that people are clear what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. Mm. Keep it positive. And that's a whole other conversation of like what to put on a profile. But um, but just keep that in mind, as I mentioned this. So I would say for for this time day and age 2023 um for people looking for monogamous type relationships um i would definitely go for hinge hinge is good i would say bumble's pretty good i would throw tinder in there and the only reason i would tinder and bumble is because so many people are on it so the pool of people is bigger but again you just got to get clear about what you're looking for and put that make sure that's in your profile mm-hmm. um you know Depending on where you live, if you're in a smaller town, I would say match.com could be great because again, that's, we're thinking, if we're thinking about, and here's where I get a little analytical, um, if we're thinking about the biggest pool of people and I grew up in small town, Ohio, so there aren't some of the niche apps that I would use in LA aren't a big deal in, in Ohio. So there's just not a lot of people on it, but people, everyone knows match in Ohio. So mm-hmm. go for match or something like that. That's more mainstream. It's like the McDonald's of dating apps. So everyone knows it. There's one, every, <laughs> everyone, everyone, um, you know, um, Christian mingle or something like that could be good for people who are, are Christian and looking for, um, for a Christian partner, J date for Jewish singles could be good. So, so, but yeah, I would try, I would definitely try tr- just grin and bear it, but I would try Tinder and I would try match. Um, and then Bumble and Hinge is, again, Hinge is an up and coming one. I'm not sure Hinge is in smaller towns or that popular, but those are the ones for mainstream for more, let's say, um, more, um, um, uh, LGBTQ poly, fr- polyamorous friendly, um, things that are not uh, mon- monogamy, I would say, okay, Cupid is really great. Um, the app called field, there's one called field that's up and coming that seems to be gaining traction, especially in big cities. Um, again, tender bumble hinge. So tender bumble hinge 
and match to some degree. I would also say for people who are a little bit older, older like baby boomers, match is good because again, it's name recognition. People know that app. Mm-hmm. Um, people over uh, over forty, let's say, know that app. Um, but yeah, so that's the general breakdown. And then again, there's a bunch of like other niche apps, but again, the ones that are more global or have the most people, which I think is what we want is to have the biggest chance to meet somebody. So the biggest, the bigger mainstream apps for sure. Okay. And you do help people with dating profiles if they need that, that type of assistance. Yes. So I have some ongoing clients and then I do have some clients that are just have just want like one session. They just want someone who knows something about the apps. As I mentioned before, I've worked um, behind the scenes on a couple apps and been a consultant for a couple apps. So I kind of know how they work. So sometimes it can be helpful to hire someone, whether it's me or somebody else, like hiring somebody whose job it is to know how these apps function um, can be helpful. And just like, like knowing what keywords to put in your profile is very helpful or knowing whether to pay for an account or not pay for an account. Like there's a lot of things around there, but yeah, someone like me could be very helpful for. Well, and, and that's also, that's good to know because it seems like their algorithms are a little weird, right? Because I've noticed a lot that especially, well, I can't, maybe I shouldn't say the name of the app, but on this certain app that I'm on, (laughs) if I pay for it, I don't get a ton of matches, but the minute my subscription is over, it's like automatically, it's like this person likes you and that person likes you and blah, blah, blah. And so it's almost like they have this algorithm waiting so that as soon as you're done with your subscription, they throw people at you so that you're like, oh my God, maybe I should pay again you know, yep. to see what, who yep. these people are. And I, and I notice that their free thing is not, it's not really anything. It's like, okay, so I get to window shop, but I can't talk to anybody. It's like, what's, you know, so what's the point? Yeah. So yeah, I have, I take issue with, I take issue with a lot of that stuff. It's like, I haven't given up on it, but I also take issue on it because it's a money-making venture for them. It's not, it's not like, oh, we have the best interest at heart for the general population to meet somebody. It's like, nah, we want to make money and this is how we're going to rope them in. So, right. It's, yeah, no, I, I just, I'll speak to that. <laughs> You're right. It is. I mean, again, working like behind the scenes, like seeing what the strategy is on some level, like, uh, like a piece of the strategy of the apps. It is. It's about money. It's about retaining people on the app. There are some apps that have marketed themselves as, you know, their their goal is to get you off of their app and help you like so that you find someone and you delete the app, you know, I mean, but they they are trying to upsell you. There are some games that are being played in that way of like dangle a carrot of like, here's some other matches if you want to pay more. Um I would say for women, this here's a tip. Here's something that has come up recently with a client. Um, I have a, well, I, I won't go too deep into that, but I have a client currently who's um, in her 60s and a woman client. And uh, there was a whole conversation about, I know I just mentioned Bumble. Uh, there was a conversation with her though, where I was like, um, maybe don't use Bumble in particular because she's looking for, She's looking for um, a partner who is going to be a provider and kind of take care of her um, in, in a like in a like in a 
consensual way, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. It's like she wants somebody who's going to take initiative and on Bumble, the woman takes initiative. Right, right. Exactly. So that's what I was going to say. So with Bumble, uh, for those who don't know, yeah, uh, women message first. Um, And so for me, what I said to her is that I like the idea of it, but I feel like for, for women who are looking for, who are looking to be quote unquote chased a little bit or pursued, it throws in that initial woman reaching out first throws off the balance of who's being chased. So immediately from get go from, from the jump, the guy is being chased because right. you're him first. So this is something to keep in mind. Having said that though, I mean, there, there are, it's not impossible to switch up the power balance but it's just a little trickier and I don't think people know that and I just having guy clients they're really excited that they don't have to chase as much on Bumble like oh my god look all these women are messaging me and it's like oh okay I see what's happening I don't think women realize that's what's happening on the other side of yeah Yeah. well and I whole other podcast but I just have to say it that I feel like a lot of guys these days are lazy Right. They don't want to put in the effort because they have means of being chased. So they don't feel like they have to chase or they have to put in the level of effort that like somebody like me is looking for, you know, so. Well, but, but again, a whole other. It is. It is. But let me just say it real fast. I mean, I, I, I think, yes, I think the general, I think that like compared to like back in the day when we were younger, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Guys definitely don't have to chase as much as they used to because there are a lot of options for them. But I do feel like, especially, and this is going back to as we get older, we're more clear about what we want. I do feel like, and I know a lot of really great guys who will put effort in, do put time in, aren't just trying to be with everybody. um, And they're having a a hard time too, which is always frustrating for me because it's like no I know a lot of you who are great I know a lot of you who are great so why are why are you not meeting each other what is this I used to be a matchmaker by the way I was going to say you need to have a party I know just invite all the great people that you know so that yes yes. (laughs) right exactly because of that I think one of the biggest things that that comes out of that is that you know and again I'll, I'll put this for LA but I'll make it even broader because of dating apps and like dating apps have opened the world. You can literally meet someone anywhere in the world. And if you're headed to London, you could meet somebody there. I mean, so it's, there's so many options that you got to really know what you want and you got to really, really be intentional back to intentionality and really know who you want or what you want. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's pretty clear for me if I'm out with somebody I ask certain questions about the things that, you know, that maybe were off, off, off limits before. So political things, um, racial equity questions, things like that. I weed out people pretty quick. So then when I meet people who, and this also could go for friends too. I just want to say like, this is just for humans. Um, But so I weed out people pretty quick. So, so then it's like the people that are left after the weeding out are there's a lot in common there's a lot in alignment and so then the last piece of that is is chemistry so if we're talking about dating specifically going back to dating but so chemistry and chemistry is something that you and that we would say this at the matchmaking agency i worked at we would like everyone have to sign a contract when they signed up 
and that, you know, we'll give you this many matches for this amount of money. But the one thing we don't guarantee is chemistry. Because right. that is something that is not undescribable and you feel it or you don't. And so that's like the missing magical piece, but all the logical stuff we can do. And that's a lot of what we've been talking about with the do's and don'ts and, you know, getting intentional and what are your boundaries? Like that's all the like intentional, logical, analytical side of it. The woo woo, like hippie side of it is chemistry and energy. Like that's, that is something that you there's no real formula for that and you just feel it or you don't and that's right. why i'm going back real fast that's why i'm like if you can meet somebody in person even if it's quick 30 minute coffee between like on your lunch break or whatever like do it so you can feel the person's energy um so right. that you're not wasting time messaging or calling or something that's not in person right know? i i agree with that because energy is really important um, and you can feel a person's energy immediately. Now, chemistry is something that you want to feel immediately, but I also think chemistry is something that can grow a little over time. So if, yeah. if a person's like, oh my God, on paper, this person's amazing, but I'm not really feeling it. I would give it like three, maybe three dates, maybe, maybe even four, just to see if there's a yeah. little spark that if a wind blew could turn into like a flame right but, but also to your point, I just want to say this real fast too I mean that's the thing and this this kind of goes back to me for like I think we should all have a top top ideal relationship scenario or top top ideal person but I do feel like you know tv and film and all these big movie studios have kind of made it so that we have potentially an unrealistic view of what relationships are mm -hmm. you know I, I was having a conversation with one of my grandparents and who have been married for like 60 70 years 70 years um they're like in their well anyway not at the time 90 years old both of them 100 almost 100 and my grandmother said something along the lines of well you know me and grandpa are just good friends and I thought that was so honest because I'm like you know you spend 70 years with someone they've been so through so many things together right not romantic necessarily so i'm not saying that that shouldn't be our goal right and of course relationships and that's a whole other podcast too relationships evolve over time and you live through life and you have these hard things that happen and you know um but i also feel like we should maybe we should make room for different kinds of love and different kinds of chemistry to your point you know you could chemistry can grow and feelings can grow and, you know, I know people who've married their best friend and it's not the super sexy thing necessarily, but they feel really great with their partner and they really love them deeply. And there's a feeling. So, again, have high level goals with all of this. But also, I think it's really important to keep an open mind around what a relationship could look like, you mm -hmm. know, or what it could evolve to. I think I think that's really important. I, I wouldn't want to spend my life looking for this high level thing if it's not all these things on my list then I'm just not gonna marry anybody or not gonna be with anybody it's like I could be missing somebody who could be a really amazing partner right. to me right so if people want to find you where where can they find you okay so I'm everywhere on the interwebs um I my dating website my dating advice website is the datingadvicegirl.com um, I am really active on Instagram at dating advice girl at dating advice GRL. 
on Twitter as well, Dating Advice Girl. Um, and those are the main places for intimacy coordination and, and TV film work. You can uh, type in Aaron, Aaron Tillman.com. Two, two L's in Tillman, Aaron, T-I-L-L-M-A-N. Um, but yeah, I'm very active on social media. And I, I'm actually going to revive my TikTok. I was on, I was very active on TikTok during the pandemic. It was really fun to create like tip, dating tips and, and the sexuality tips and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to revive that because it was really fun. And I just really love just if I, if I, if I, I have access to a lot of different circles um, and a lot of different other sex educators. And so if I can share what I'm learning or what I'm experiencing and it's helpful for somebody, then amazing, you know? Well, and I love that, that, you know, you use other people as resources and are able to use their information to help empower people. So that I want to say real fast. Yes. No, of course. And that last, this is my last thing. Like I'm still learning. We're all still learning. Everything is evolving at a very rapid pace. Uh, especially nowadays with just so many things and so many options and so many ways to live your life and love somebody and do relationships. So I'm, I'm always trying to learn more. My, the colleagues that I'm closest with are always trying to up their skills and learn from each other. So I'll just say that too, for anyone who's looking for a dating coach or looking for workshops or looking for community, like any, I, I always get nervous when I hear someone say, this is the one way and it's got to be like this. It's like, no, it doesn't. And I would just be careful about who you choose because I just feel like because it's evolving so rapidly, we all should be like, we should all still be learning about all these things. So yeah, I'm always someone who's, I'm a student of all of this in addition to being an expert always. And yeah, I, I think that's the best way to be to, to just not be stagnant and to be clear about what's going on out there, you know? Right. Right. Well, I think that an expert always has to be a student because that's the only way you can keep up. Right. Yes. But it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Um, love, love the dating advice and <laughs> hopefully somebody out there, heard what exactly what they needed to hear so anyway thank you so much and we will talk again yay thank you you're welcome bye-bye